The Magic Ring, retold by Marie H. Freire and Charles M. Stebbins, read by Mac Hopper. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Charlemagne was King of France and Emperor of Germany. He had married a beautiful eastern princess whose name was Frustrata. His love for her was so great that his only thought was to give her happiness. All wondered at his devotion, but none suspected the cause. Frustrata had a wonderful gold ring. On it were inscribed mystic signs. Frustrata wore the ring continually, and it was this magic talisman that had worked such a charm. But the new queen did not long enjoy her power. A great illness overtook her. During this time she thought often of the magic treasure, and feared it would pass into other hands. So she slipped the ring from her finger into her mouth, and quietly breathed her last. The emperor was quite overcome with grief. He refused to have the queen taken to the cathedral, but stayed constantly by her side. In vain the counsellors and courtiers pled with him. In vain Turpin, the prime minister, told him that the people had need of him. He refused to leave the chamber where the queen lay, or to partake of food. At last he fell asleep at his post. Turpin felt convinced that the queen possessed some charm, so he stole noiselessly to her bedside. After some time he found the ring. He concealed it in his own clothing, and sat down to wait for Charlemagne to awaken. Soon the emperor opened his eyes. He turned from the queen with a shudder. "'Turpin, my faithful friend!' he cried, as he threw himself in the arms of the prime minister. "'Your presence is like balm to my wounded heart. You shall remain by my side for ever.' From that time on, Turpin was forced to accompany Charlemagne wherever he went. The courtiers wondered at Turpin's influence. Many of them were quite jealous. As for poor Turpin— he was wearied beyond all expression. He could find no rest either by night or by day. Vainly he sought for some plan by which he might rid himself of the troublesome gem. At length it happened that Charlemagne and Turpin set out from the palace of Ingelheim on a journey to the north. They camped one night in a great forest. While his master lay asleep, Turpin left the camp and wandered out into the moonlight alone. Not once before, since he had found the ring, had he been free from the emperor. His heart swelled with a feeling of relief as he plunged into the pathless forest. On and on he wandered, trying to think of some way to rid himself of the troublesome ring. Like Frustrata, he did not want anyone else to come into possession of it, and thus get such an influence over the emperor. After long wandering, he found himself at the opening of a beautiful glade. Before him lay a quiet pool, embosomed in the dark woods. The moonlight flooded the retired spot and shone like silver over the deep and quiet waters. Turpin was lost in admiration. He sat down on a stone and feasted his eyes in silence on the peaceful beauty of the scene. Soon the thought of the magic ring came to disturb his happiness. "'What shall I do with it?' he groaned. He drew it from its hiding-place in his breast and examined it closely. "'Ah!' he muttered. "'What is this I see?' 
he noticed by the pale light of the moon that the ring bore something else beside the strange signs on it was the image of a tiny swan he looked at it in amazement for he had never seen the swan before he started up then stopped suddenly why not he asked himself those deep and quiet waters would soon close over and conceal the ring forever a moment later the jewel flashed beneath the rays of the moon a slight splash was borne along by the night air ever widening ripples broke the mirror-like surface of the pool in the distance a snowy swan appeared sailing with stately calm over the ruffled waters delighted to be rid of the hateful jewel turpin now made his way back to the tent charlemagne was awake and greeted him as in the days of old the charm was broken the morning sun rose bright and clear the emperor however became restless he proposed that they tarry in the spot another day and hunt in the forest turpin agreed and soon the forest echoes were awakened by the clangor of the hunting horns a royal stag was started from covert closely the huntsmen and hounds followed it at last panting and exhausted it was brought to bay in a remote glade the very place which turpin had visited the night before charlemagne had been foremost in the chase all the morning now he sat motionless in his saddle gazing in spellbound admiration at the sunny stretch of water he observed the reflection of the blue sky and the swans gliding over its smooth surface ah how beautiful he exclaimed i would fain linger here for ever then he dismounted and threw himself down upon the smooth grass by the edge of the pool there he remained in a dreamy content all day long at last the shadows began to lengthen the glow of the setting sun was reflected in the miniature lake charlemagne was so enchanted with the scene that he vowed to build a castle there the vow was kept and the structure that arose was the beginning of charlemagne's capital and favorite city aix-la-chapelle when many years had passed death came to the great emperor he was laid at rest in the cathedral vault not far from the spot he loved so well strangers visiting aix-la-chapelle were told not to visit the magic pool by moonlight at the mystic hour when turpin dropped the ring into the quiet waters the spell recovers all its former powers accordingly should any one visit it at that time his longing heart would always lead him back to the charmed spot however far away he might be wandering in the wide world end of the magic ring retold by marie h frary and charles m stebbins